hey game pass or pass subscriber score here uh, we had some audio issues um, like I know I said in the past I promise it's been fixed and it has but we got some new equipment over the break and unfortunately that um, it installed some software we weren't aware of and it got a hold of the auto files and uh, yeah so that's where we are so Basher's side unfortunately is extremely messed up um, I did my best to clean it up but it had a lot of roll-off and basically whenever he was started talking um, it would pick him up and then it would drop the quality and drop the uh, the volume basically was super low so I, I can always amplify it but then it, it results in peaking etc so it's not the best um, I did the best I could I promise took several hours but uh, and it's not something I want to want to re-record simply because I think this episode works best uh, when we're not when we don't have a script so hope you enjoy It's now time for a very get-to-know-you edition. Bonus episode of Game Pass or Pass, the podcast where we play games on Microsoft's Game Pass service, tell you which games to pass to your friends and which games to simply pass on by. But this episode, it was a request. You're not going to learn about Game Pass. You're going to learn about us. And by us, I am Corey. I am joined by the man, the myth, the great Bambino, Basher. The great Bambino. Isn't that a white man? Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Can I get a, like a like a like a big time Negro League player? Sure. Who do you want to be? You can be whoever you want to be, bro. You know what? I want to be. I want to be Jackie Robinson. Did he have a nickname? I don't know. Too too tall, Jackie. That's that's what they called him. There you go. You heard it here first. <laughs> You are now that person. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was actually requested last year, um, and we just we are. This is actually our first episode of the new year, so this is now the only time we've really had time to get to it. So, and it's a good, it's a good, it's a good idea. We now got some more listeners, and uh, so if this is your first time joining us, or you joined us recently, you might not know a lot about Basher and myself. That's not even his real name. His mother did not name him Basher. That's untrue. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> so this isn't going to be a crazy long episode, but uh, we're just going to kind of go over who we are as uh, this is a different kind of podcast where you're not you're not listening about our daily, daily lives and, you know, our, our banter about uh, the newest games and why we think these newest games are for us, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to talk about us and let's start with let's start with Basher. Basher. OK, I also want to preface this. I had like a questionnaire that I was going to send and fill out myself. But I was like, you know what? I feel like that's a little bit too formal. We're just going to, we're going to, we're going to free ball it. We're going to free ball this. We're going off the cuff here. We're going off the cuff of what do you think the listeners of game pass or pass should know about you? I mean, personally, I think it's your minor business personally. (laughs) That's how I feel. Uh, I mean, why not give the, the very basic, Gamer podcast. Start start there with that bio. Uh, been gaming for thirty years. Started on the my cousin's Atari, probably twenty six hundred. Uh, my game back then was probably Spider Man and whatever else looked 
somewhat playable on that system way, way back then. Uh, got my first Nintendo at Christmas. And even then, I wasn't um, in love with gaming, I would say. I, I, I would say it's top, at that point, it was top five things to do as a child. Uh, it wasn't until I got my Sega Genesis. You are a Genesis kid. I was a Genesis kid. Genesis do what Nintendo don't. But uh, yeah, so uh, it wasn't. I didn't fall in love with gaming until probably Sega Genesis, and I got my Sonic the Hedgehog, and it changed my entire world. Since then, some of my favorite games has been the Metal Gear Solid series, uh, the Final Fantasy series, and some eclectic stuff here and there, but also some big blockbuster stuff here and there too. Like I'm, I'm kind of a, I, I would describe myself as sort of an all around gamer that kind of goes in and out of the fads or my own personal fads, if you will. Uh, sometimes I would, I will love a 2d scroll and beat them up. And some days I'm just like anything but that. Um, my favorite console, I would have to say, PS2. Scrub. Probably. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's too many games in that system you can play. It's way too many. That was Super Nintendo. What, what about yourself, Corey Skrultz? Uh Yeah, so I got into gaming uh, from... I was, just a very, I was just a small chap. I was, I was, I was a young lad. Uh, as far as I can remember gaming, I, I, I was always interested in it. Um, my dad was into computers a lot. So even from when I was a, uh, before I can remember, we, we had a computer in the house kind of thing. And um, Nerd. Yeah, basically. Um, so the stuff that I remember, like I remember like messing around with Windows 3.1 and, and Ski, you know, um, trying to play solitaire at the age of like three and having no idea what, I, what was happening. Um, we also had NES in the household, but I wasn't allowed to touch it, actually. I remember that. I wasn't allowed to play it until I was like five or six. Um, for whatever reason, I don't, I don't remember why exactly that was, uh, but for, and I, but I could touch the computer cause whatever parenting. Um, so, but the, so kind of like the, the, the games that stick out in my head is kind of the first games were like the original super Mario brothers, super Mario three, the legend of Zelda, um, Kirby's adventure was actually the first video game that I ever like f- was given to me. We had other games, but Kirby's, Kirby's adventure was the first game that was, to me from Santa, you know, because Santa's real. Um, so that that's kind of a game I remember. Uh, but Doom, you know, Doom, I, I should probably not have been playing Doom, but that was my dad was into that stuff. So that was part of the hype. You know, Doom Shareware was a a frequently played game here. Uh, and so that's that's also my favorite series. And maybe that's why. But it's just a game that's always been I've identified with. Uh, and it, it grasped me at a young age of just how difficult and scary and just kind of crazy it was. Uh, so then, but I was hooked ever since then. Super Nintendo was the next system I had. I did get a Genesis uh, way after the, like, even the 64 came out. So I've played stuff like Streets of Rage, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic and Knuckles, etc. Super Nintendo was kind of uh, a big one for me. I had a, I still have mine and actually have a lot of the games for it. But Mega Man X was a game on that console that really spoke out to me. Super Metroid was one. Killer Instinct. Um, let me think here. Star Fox was another one. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers game. I played the crap out of that. 
And then uh, I'd eventually did get a 64. I was not a PlayStation kid. Uh, I got a PS2 way later. That's because everyone else had one. But I was always a Nintendo guy. So I went from Super Nintendo to 64. Pokemon Stadium was a... I played way too many games. That's another one, Game Boy. Game Boy was actually... Game Boy Color in general was... Uh, I have put so many hours on my Game Boy Color. It's kind of gross. I have played so many games on that. Uh, and then when I was old enough to kind of get my own job, uh, I became kind of more of an Xbox person. I think a lot of people did during the 360 generation. I eventually have everything though. I usually just don't get, I usually didn't get things until I found a reason to, uh, but nowadays I, I play everything. So I've got gaming PC, got Xbox series X, PS five, a series S and uh, I got the switch and all that stuff. So, uh, kind of like Basher in terms of, I am eclectic in that I, I play a little bit of everything. And throughout the years I've gone through different, phases like there was a phase where i was super into jrpgs and like i just wanted to play everything i played the i played the japanese fan translated dragon ball z games on the super nintendo like i was seeking out stuff so hard that i i, I found stuff like that on it um bait and kados is probably one of my favorite rpgs ever i absolutely love that game well, highly love. underrated oh highly, highly underrated. underrated highly underrated and i'm actually i'm playing that now it's actually kind of weird how they're talking about it but yeah um, so stuff like that, like that's one of my all time favorite games. Um, trying to think like what else I would put up there. Mega Man X one through four. Those are games that I revisit quite often, at least once a year. But, uh, with X four probably being my favorite, I go between X one and X four quite a bit. I think X one's actually the better game, but X four is more, there's just more in there. You got Mega Man and you've got zero. So you can get, you know, so that's, I got that. Going I will say me. that's one thing I, I, uh, I kind of wish um, I, I I had in common with common with most gamers. Most gamers can really go back and play. I mean, I, I got a friend who loves Metal Gear Solid as much as I do, if not more, and he'll go back and play MGS One right now, and just and just all the way through. And I got friends who will play through Mega Man and Mario, like OG, like Super Mario Bros. Three is probably one of the best games of all time. And I got I got friends of him who who will go through and play those games all over again. Um, but, but I just don't get, I don't like playing the games again for some reason. Like, it, it is, it is not that, it's not that I don't get enjoyment out of them. It's just that my initial, my gut feeling through the whole thing is I want more of this just new. And I think, uh, we get, we got to a point where an industry of remakes, have gotten real really popular. Not not even remakes, but remasters. And, and, and not and on top of that, the these sort of uh, soft reboots, like the, the initial game that comes to mind, like the like that Mortal Kombat ten, I think it was. That was uh, nine. It was the nine nine, yeah. And it, it, it was just so just a back to basics that it was good, but at the same time, it's like I played this game already. Like, why couldn't we get this? done newer like that's that one thing as, as, as a gamer i just don't have that a lot of people do have I, I i don't get the let's go back and play through chrono trigger again like i, I played through that game once one of the best games of all time i'm i'm good i don't need to i don't need to get the the secret ending i can, I can youtube it at this point the, the the mega man x games are really the only ones that i can I can go back and play through and actually finish. And part of that is, is because I've now gotten so good at them. Like they only take about an hour. Like I, I can load up super Mario world and get through it in like, you know, 20 minutes with all the warps and stuff. 
but for some odd reason the Mega Man games are are it's specifically those X games are it's it's everything for me. It's it's probably nostalgia along with like the soundtracks of those games are absolutely phenomenal. Those are soundtracks that I listen to outside of playing the game. So it's like it's really just like me hopping in for an hour and just kind of relaxing, turning off my brain, going to something comfortable. But I'm I'm sort of with you. Like there's some old game like Doom's kind of the same way, but I've got Doom mastered down to where like I can beat, you know, Doom one and Doom two in a couple hours kind of thing. Um, but no, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you, like long RPGs, Bait and Kados, I have probably played three or four times over, you know, the entirety of it, but I have also started that game probably 50 times and, you know, get a couple hours in I'm like, I'm good. Like, you know, I just, I just kind of want to check in on it, see how it is and go from there. Um, let, let me ask you, Mr. Schroltz, what games don't you like? Can't stand. Games don't I like? Um, so that's a big question. Um. 4x games <laughs> i have tried to get into many times i i am bad at them is, is civ technically a 4x game uh i guess i guess that's the only one i can get into um i've tried 4x games just just can't get into them um that and i cannot i just for the life of me i have tried i have tried and i have tried i cannot get into yakuza games don't know why I, I, that's not exactly a genre yeah exactly well, it is it is now. I think I think Yakuza is a genre right. itself. Fair enough. Yeah, I've tried. I've tried Yakuza Zero. I've tried uh, Yakuza Kiwami. I've tried that. I just I just can't do it. But other than those, like those are the only genres that I I just cannot get into. But I am I am very much. Um, this is not probably a conversation for this time. But like I am very much turning into that person to where um, I've always been gameplay over everything. But the modern era of games of uh, gameplay has been sort of recycled so often that I am finding myself playing smaller, quicker. Um, I, I guess for the you know indie games for the most part of just like if if a game does not grab me within the first five to ten minutes, I am very unlikely to keep going. Oh, you're absolutely um, right. I'm, uh, this is why I still think Uncharted is one of the best games ever because it just does oh, not sure. take and it does not start with. 45 minutes of cutscenes, and again this comes from the guy who loves metal gear solid if they make another one well they well everything's messed up over there konami and kojima but um hypothetically <laughs> if they were to make another one it would start off with an hour worth of cutscenes, and i would i'll be there day one and love it but that's almost a genre in itself a kojima right game, you know but like well i'm, I'm with you like, at this point I, I think i think the older i get as well is like with so much real world things to do you have to grab me with some gameplay immediately. I'm not. I don't quite remember how the first Last of Us started, but that's probably one of the last the flashback scene. Was that it? Was you're in the town and you're kind of watching the town? Yeah, that's right. Go. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that's one of the last games to really grab me early on without too much gameplay. It, it, it takes a lot. At this point, for me to really just love a game and yeah, not be gameplay I, over, I, I really everything. don't know if, if it's an age thing or if it's you know I've just played so many games, and so I, I do want to transition a little bit into into sort of our professional background in gaming. Um, you know, we're not like hardcore gamers or not professional gamers, but what I mean is we we both have dabbled in the writing, and that's actually kind of how we met. But I said that, and like I I just don't know. Like modern games are they're different. I mean, it's we're we're chasing trends, we're chasing whatever you know ubisoft games they get the the pedigree of them all being sort of the same gameplay loop kind of you know recycled and and put it with a different coat of paint on it and i think that's very true 
Um, I think there's an argument to be made that modern games are better than ever, but they're also kind of the same more than ever. Um, so there's that. And it's, I still play a lot of modern games, obviously. Um, you know, I, I do, I, I'm going to play Horizon Forbidden West. I'm, I'll probably dabble in Elden Ring. I'm going to play Gran Turismo, um, stuff like that. But I guess the, the one thing I did, and I'm, I'm put you on the spot here, but what is the one game that you have played that you never thought you would like and, it, and you ended up loving it? And I, I'm going to go first just because I was thinking about it of that game for me was Forza Motorsport 2 on Xbox 360, which everyone ended up having a got a copy somehow. Um, but like that's a game that sticks out to me of just like I liked cars, but I never understood racing games. And then for whatever reason, I, I, I picked up that game and it, it took a while for me. Um, you know, that was during the era to where like I would play games that I wasn't exactly into. But I was like, I got this game. I'm going to play it. I don't have anything else to do. Um, and I, I played that game. And now every four is a game I, I've dumped hundreds of hours into. Um, and you go, and that's just a genre. I never I never thought I would be a simulation person. And now I play PC building simulator and listen to podcasts. So the simulation genre is definitely one that uh, sticks out for me. So uh What's a what's a, a simulation or a simulation a genre or a game that pulled you into a a genre that you just weren't expecting? To be honest with you, this for me, there's 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 a lot of them, uh, and I and I think and I think and I think it, for me, it works in in a, in a way where I can almost remember I can remember a good amount of games that did that for me that brought me to the genre. Are like one of the games earlier games I remember was. Excuse me. Was um, Final Fantasy VII. I saw it. I saw it in the blockbuster. It had a guy with spiky hair and a big sword, and me and my cousin thought, "Oh, we're gonna start hacking and slashing our way through," because that was our genre at the time. We didn't. We didn't do a lot of RPGs at that second, but um, even then, we got to like the 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 flower scene, uh, the church scene, rather. Where, where we we fall into the flowers and, and we're like, all right, we're turning this off because this is clearly not the game for us. <laughs> uh, we come back to, and I, and I come back to it like a couple of weeks later. I'm like, wait a minute. And all of a sudden it clicks. And like, this is like amazing. But um, so that, so that was amazing. And then you have games like uh, Katamari, Katamari Damacy, I think it's called. Uh, that, that came out of nowhere for me. Uh, so that came out of nowhere for me. Uh, just the idea of rolling things up, <laughs> like in a ball, made no sense. Um, there was a whole, and it's sort of the reason I fell in love with PlayStation brand so much, is because they kept putting out games I did not know I would like. Um, so like games like Katamari Damacy, um, the first Demon Souls is still one of my favorite games of all time, um, and I didn't think I would like that genre. Uh, that type of action adventure um just yeah i mean there's there's really a handful of games that 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 do it for me and i mean honestly wow like i didn't i didn't think i would like wow the first time i played it like that's another game i probably put i put in like an hour or three before i was like oh i get it now and i kind of fell in love with it like there's again i, I kind of go in and out of the of the of the genres here and all it takes is one good game from that genre for me to realize that kind of what the genre is about and, and how good it can be but then that leads to 
a champion of, if you will, that genre, and then everything chasing that specific genre trend. And then it kind of, kind of, kind of leads to oversaturation, and, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm not in love with that genre anymore. Like I used to, there, there was a time I would buy every open world game because it was new, it was fresh, it was a, it was a thing to do. And now it's now we just finished playing Halo Infinite, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm been over this for a while now. So, so there to answer your question, there's, there's quite a few games that, that, that uh, got me into that, that kind of genre breaking for me. Yeah, I, I was lucky enough that since my dad was into uh, PCs, that like a lot of those genres, kind of niche genres that were not on consoles and stuff, like the dungeon crawlers and and the loot based games, like. I played the original Diablo and Diablo 2 for far, far, far too long. I was a child that had nothing to do and, and play those and stuff like Max Payne, the original Max Payne and Max Payne 2. Like I played those a lot too. And uh, so I was lucky in that. But um, so I know you said your favorite console was the PS2. So what, what, what's, your, what's your favorite game on the PS2? If you, if you had to pick one right now, what would it be? Oh, that's not possible. This is not even a possible thing. Uh... First one that comes to mind, go. Again, probably Metal Gear. Metal, Metal Gear. Gear. Yeah, I mean. Second one? Or the third one. The third one? Never played a Metal Gear game. I, 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 I would probably go the third one. Although MGS2 had the best bait and switch ever. That actually worked. Take notes, other, other game companies and developers. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think mine would probably be Super Nintendo. I think it has to be because um, I just spent so much, so much time with it. Um, and the, the best game for there has got to be Mega Man X for me. I think that's people just, our just... age is going to be a PlayStation or Super Nintendo. Right, right. Those so, are the two. Yeah, and I, I really, I really did not get into the PlayStation. Um, I, I had a PS. I actually had the, the, what they called the PS One. Uh, some people might remember, but they it was like the re the rebranded right, model. Right. And the whole thing about that was is that you could get the little screen for it. I never got the screen, um, but at one point PS ones were fifty bucks, and I remember buying one because I wanted to play. Uh, I think it was Spyro actually, like the the OG Spyro because everyone liked those games. And so like I I I got a PlayStation, but it came late, and and I had a PS three, but I I really didn't. I did not love my PS three. I had a PS two, and I played the crap out of it like everyone else did, but. I never really identified with that brand um, the way other people did. Like I will, I'm, I will never deny it. It's glory. Like I, I fully understand why they're the market leader and stuff, but I, I didn't, their dominance to me didn't make sense until the PS4, if that makes sense. Um, I think that's fair. I but, think the yeah. PS3 spent too much time. And this is as, and again, this is coming right off the heels of, of uh, by, by when the PS3 was released, I was knee deep at, uh, PlayStation fanboy, but even then, that's when it started to go back to what you said earlier. That's when it started to creep in to the back of my head that these systems don't necessarily have anything on them all the time, right? And PS3 was the system that really kicked that idea off of me, and I'm, re- and I'm realizing, you know what? I don't have to buy that game, this system right now. I go wait because there's not because you because you've already told me. Metal Gear is not coming out till this time anyway. So, or Grand Turismo is not coming out to this time anyway. So, I'll just wait it out. The before we get to the, the more industry, um, did, have you ever gotten a, a console day one? Do you ever do any camping out, or anything like that? I've never gotten a day one console. I don't. It, it, it never. 
never kind of I mean for a number of reasons probably the primary the primary reason probably I had decent parents who would not do such things and then when I got <laughs> then when I got older I was able to do it that's when so it, it, I guess in a much larger topic um that we grew up in an era when it wasn't cool to be a nerd it wasn't okay yeah. to be yeah, a that's geek. fair so I mean being like, and, and you're 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 a little bit older than me um I'm I'm in my early 30s you're 30 36, you're a couple years older actually, than me yeah, oh wow I really I didn't realize you're that much older than me five years older than me um and yeah like when I was in high school is when the 360 came out. I was a freshman in high school. And that's really when gaming sort of transformed into being cool. Um, so you, but yeah, I guess you would have missed that. Oh, absolutely. I thing. mean, like if yeah. you were, you were not, not only did you not get girlfriends, you weren't invited to things. You were made fun of like it. Like, so like the idea of me camping out for an Xbox or something or, or a PlayStation would, be, would have been like, it's like social suicide in a way. Like for like unless unless you're that diehard of a uh, of a nerd or a geek I guess or a gamer rather so there, there are a number of factors of why I never did it but ultimately the major factor the the biggest factor was I just didn't have I I, ne- I never felt like as much as I love gaming it just never quite took over my life to a point where I needed to put the brakes on for everything else i uh i fell a victim to the wii hype um th- but really what it was is i wanted twilight princess and they had delayed the gamecube version of twilight princess and i was like i guess i'm getting a Wii. like i was gonna get a Wii no matter what but i actually did the whole camp out thing for it you know 12 hours freezing cold a uh, guy brought us mcdonald's because he he wanted to camp out but he couldn't and he worked there so he got off at like 4 a.m he brought us all cheeseburgers and fries one of the coolest things that ever happened. I was like, this is, this is life. Life, life is never going to get better than this. I bought two bottles, two bottles, two boxes of bottle caps. I ate both of them the whole night. And then I had a sugar crash and fell asleep for like two hours. Um, and then I got an Xbox one for, and I don't, nobody laugh at me about this. I got an Xbox one for killer instinct. I had to play killer instinct on Xbox one day one. That is, that is what I did. And I was heartbroken because my D-pad on my day one controller did not work. And then I had to go and buy another controller and try to explain to the manager, like, I'm going to return this. Is that okay? <laughs> and he was just like, I guess. Like, that was a very awkward conversation. Also, the same man sold me my Switch, and it was a, a complete jerk about it because I told him I was buying my games digitally. And he was like, why would you want to do that? You're just going to clog up the memory. And I was just like, first off, sir, um, I'm a consumer. I will buy whatever I want. Second off, back off. I will do whatever I want. It's none of your business. Um, I liked him during the Xbox One, but during the Switch launch, he was a jerk. So there's there, there's a powered up tip for you, GameStop. Um, how you guys doing? How's your stock price? And so, yeah, so those are the two um, that I had. I, th- these are just some random questions I had written down here. Um, so the Wii, uh, that, was, that, was, that was cool to be a part of that movement. Um, again, I, I, we were just kind of a little bit, a couple years apart. Like when the Wii hit, it was a phenomenon. Like I was the cool kid because I skipped school to play the Wii. The day it came out, I played Wii Tennis after camping out for like 13 hours. So I was dead tired and then I f- immediately fell asleep and didn't play anything for like two days. Um, but yeah, so, so just curious on that. Um, so we well, have favorite. Well, actually, go ahead. before we move on, you might 
I may have, may have, if not day one, it was day two or three. It was not a full week for sure of the Dreamcast release where I got the Sonic Adventure. Yeah, see, I played a Dreamcast, but I never, I didn't really start like paying attention, like before the internet, paying attention to gaming was gaming magazines. And so me not being a Sega person, like I had heard about this Dreamcast. And then I remember going to a electronics boutique. Uh, you, oh you, yeah, you EB World, I remember those. Yeah, you, you named out Blockbuster earlier. Uh, Blockbuster also had the original Game Pass, I might add, the the... I think it was actually called Game Pass too. Um, it was nineteen ninety nine a month, and you could just go in sure and did. Just get whatever game sure you wanted. Did. Yeah, and then you just you just brought it back, and then as long as you played your monthly monthly subscription or whatever, you could just switch out the game whenever you wanted. Uh, I lived my my mother worked at a a like a event center that had a bar with a big screen TV, and I was able to play my GameCube on that big screen TV, and I, it was literally within walking distance from Blockbuster. So I have I have played. Literally the the entire GameCube library up until this point, uh, for the most part. I'm sure there's a couple obscure games that I'm missing, but because of that, um, I have played a lot of them, a lot of PS2 games as well that you might not have heard of. Um, but yeah, so you named Blockbuster. What? Oh, so yeah, Dreamcast, EB. Um, I had seen like everybody. I saw Sonic running away from the whale, and my mind sold, was blown. Sold. The, the the biggest one of the biggest gaming moments in my entire life and it's and it's hilarious looking back at it now how just stupid it looks but it was at the time marvelous and i'm just like yep we, we're you, didn't, that. you didn't even control it no you just he just ran away from the screen and you're just like this is this this is it we're done gaming is over an, an, another uh just going down memory lane real quick another uh going back to another question of uh a game i, I played i played that day I didn't know I would love fall in love with um, Power Stone. That is a game. That's yeah, a Power franchise that needs to come back. It, it, I, I think it pre, I, does it predate. It does not. Uh, does it what? I, I thought for a second it predated uh, Smash Bros, but it definitely does not. Um, uh, no, yeah, no, I, it doesn't. But it, in a way, it, it kind of does. Like because that original Smash Brothers, not a lot of people remember. It wasn't a super popular game. Um, you know, Melee is really the, is really the game that put it on the map. But no, you you are correct. But yeah, like bring back bring back uh some some Power Stone. And the last one I have here. Oh, I accidentally just deleted it. Oh my god, what did it say? Control. Apparently, Z. we're not going to talk That's about that. Do. No, I I'm in I'm in OneNote, and I was doing it on my phone, so I, I have no Control Z. Um, I'm going to see if the the other one has it. I just had surgery, so my brain doesn't work. Um. What did that say? It was a good question, too. I just totally lost it. And it is now gone forever. This is fabulous, fabulous radio. There you go. That's us. Uh, so, and the, the way that Bash and I met, so I actually, um, how much do I want to divulge here? So when I was about 18 or 19, um, this was kind of when the internet was, to make your own website and your own podcast, it was getting a lot easier. And uh, I had sort of decided that I wanted to do something in, either law enforcement or something in writing. And I actually was going to college for writing uh, one whole semester. I know the whole year plus. And uh, I had decided that I wanted to do something in writing simply because you had to be 21 to join the police force. And so I decided to make my own website and uh, I, so that's what I did. I made for the love of gaming. I got some friends together and I was like, Hey, we're going to talk about video games. And I set up two rock band microphones 
in my kitchen and uh, I had my own little headset and that's that was the first ever uh, foray into to the gaming media world. It's for the love of gaming podcast, and uh, we did that for for many years. And I actually eventually sort of turned that into once I taught myself how to do some basic web design, turned that into uh, sort of like a a blog, I guess you could call. And I know like, like we like to call them like oh I ran a website. We had blogs. Let's be honest, they were glorified blogs. And uh, started reviewing games, and then got into uh, oh, what's the word I want to say? Um, what was the name of that website? Uh, uh, WordPress blogger. The, uh, the 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 one where we met on the forums. What was the name of that site? Oh, oh, that was in the Ogaf. What was that? No, it it was like it was like a gaming media site. Um, and, yeah, and you had to you had to like apply. Isn't it? Game Press. There Game you go. Press. So Game Press was was the site that, you know, the idea of, of talking to media and stuff, I, I didn't I didn't really understand. I didn't understand how people got to play games early and learn about games early and stuff. And and eventually I landed on Games Press and uh, that's where I got sort of my first in. And the first media company I ever, ever, ever talked to was actually Bethesda. Uh, Bethesda was a they were they were super excited about me, too. I, I thought they loved me. They have no idea who I am now. Um, or probably ever did. They're just, they're very good at PR apparently. And so I, I just started emailing around and before I knew it, I was on Pressless or Square Enix, Ubisoft, Bethesda, Xbox. Uh, the one company that never would talk to me actually was Nintendo. Don't know, don't know why <laughs> Nintendo didn't like me. Um, you know, PlayStation, all that. And that's just kind of what I did. I started writing reviews and did that for about three or four years. And then b- by that time I had really, um, I don't say proven myself, but I have proven to a lot of these media companies that, yeah, like I'm, I don't have the readership of IGN, but I am very dedicated. Um, and, and we almost never miss an episode of the podcast, stuff like that. So I really started getting review copies then. And then by at that time, when you got review copies, you were, you were in because you got the day one coverage. Uh, so that started happening and that's when I got, uh, we decided to go to our first media event, which was PAX. And uh, that's around that time is when the the wheels started to come off of For the Love of Gaming. People just didn't want to do it anymore. I was kind of doing it by myself um, to, again, not to go too deep into the weeds. Uh, had sort of some life-changing moments. Um, I, I suffered from a, a, a break-in and a robbery that uh, kind of just destroyed me mentally. And as all my friends were kind of, I shouldn't say friends, my colleagues and stuff like that were leaving for the love of gaming. And and then that happened. I sort of lost my way and I just, I just didn't want to do it anymore. But then after some time, I really wanted to get back out there, but it was kind of too late at that point. It's kind of like YouTube now. Like if you stop writing or you stop doing things, your, you know, Google doesn't, does not like that. So showing up in search engines and stuff like that, uh, our traffic just died. Um, and that's when I started looking for somebody to help me with a podcast. And that's when uh, I met Basher on the games press forums and uh nice little forum they're actually really helpful people no like but, game press was legit in terms of the people you met there um the people you yeah, conversated sure. with it, it, it was not your regular neogaf uh game facts if you're as old as i am uh forums like the, these people like we're all like it was like a bunch of people in the same boat trying to do the same thing and they weren't they, i never got a, i never got the feeling that we were out to to like push each other, push each other over like we're all just like who did you get this week all right uh, 
can you, can you hook up that interview? Can you, can you, can, can, can you help me out with this? I hope you with that. It was always kind of like hands out type of type of vibe there. Um, but to, uh, to go back, back in time, um, how I got started in this, in this, in this, in this living room biz. So I was listening to pod. I was, I was big into podcasts in general ever since they, it was a thing. Um, certain comedians I know were doing it, so I was heavily in the comedic podcast. And then um, uh, my friend Snap says, who was big into one of the gaming podcasts, he said, we should do one ourselves. I'm like, yeah, that seems like work. I'm not going to do that. He's like, no, it's not work <laughs> at all. It was like, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Like, I'll do the whole thing. I know how to, like, like we'll, we'll do it over. Because he lives in Minnesota. I live in Boston. He's like, listen, we just get on Skype. We realized that was a bad idea, like, 30 years later. Um, and then you use Skype, you, you, get, you get, get Audacity, you get some microphones, you're good to go. Uh, Snaps isn't the most dedicated worker. Uh, <laughs> and- it always seems to be. There, there, there's always one person who's overly dedicated. You got the person who shows up every time, you know, from time to time. And then you got the guy who's like, he, he's really into it. But he just can't ever seem to show up, right? And it's like, and, and me being me, I'm not saying I'm the most dedicated person in the room, but me being me, also on top of that, I like, I know I can do. If I figure I could do something, I figure I kind of figure it out. Especially if it's on the computer, I figure I can I can do it well. So like, at one point, I'm like, I can do this better than Snaps and probably faster and more consistent. So I, so I took over the whole recording, engineering, uploading duties. That kind of transferred to, and 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 good for you for having, for the love of gaming for so long because, I went through, probably, four different rebrandings, three or four different rebrandings, and I thought they were all kind of necessary because, like you said, they like like people kind of burn out. You get new crew, you get new people, new friends, and new hosts and whatnot, and it kind of ended up with me doing uh, these interviews. And that's where I had probably the most fun doing this was using Game Press and my quote-unquote clout there at the time and getting people in the industry to, to come on the show and talk with. Uh, I believe you were in on a few of those as well for the early ones uh, where we got some people from the industry just like no no one huge i mean depending who you are because we got mark specter who i think is kind of big in this industry and we got people to sit down and talk to us and it was just a cool moment to shoot the crap with these people and just kind of like pick their brain and figure out how they do stuff and and whatnot and but but again like like all good things that have to come to an end and i was never a fan of kind of forcing people to do stuff or forcing myself to do things. It's like you said, life gets, life gets in the way. You don't have a super, a whole lot of time to do it. At that point, I was running a website, AKA blog, the, the, the podcast, doing the promotion, the marketing, investing in it monetarily and time-wise. It was truly a, not even a part-time job. It was a half-time job. It was, when I got off work, it was podcasting time even though it wasn't podcasting. And even though we got like through promotions and 
giveaways and such. We we would get as high as five, ten thousand listeners in a week. It was like we just didn't. I just didn't. I just got burnt out. And this was again. This was before podcasting was was uh, getting thirty thousand advertisers every ten minutes. This is before uh, podcasting was the Joe Rogan experience. So like, I'm just like this before Patreon and all that stuff. So I'm just like, listen, like this, like I'll come back to it when I'm, when I'm, when I feel like it, I guess. So I kind of fell out of it there. And then kind of sometime later, that's when I got, I think you contacted me about for the love of gaming. And then I was like, this is the perfect opportunity because I don't, have to do the halftime job thing again uh and it's in and i I feel i don't want to speak for you but i feel like we're in the same kind of headspace where we both aren't trying to make this the full-time gig we're not trying to quit our jobs over this we're not trying to change our lives over this but at the same time like whatever happens happens but we're not trying to we're not 19 years old again thinking this is the dream this is like we're Kind of having fun and doing and, and getting our creative buzz out of there. Yeah, I think that that's that's the best way to scri- to describe it. You know, when I was nineteen, you know, the dream was like I want to write and talk about video games, and I'm I'm very proud of the fact that I I was able to do that, and I took something from nothing, and and I I did it. You know, like I I attended PAX Prime and PAX uh, PAX East as you know I had a media badge and. I did that on my own. You know, I was talking to developers. I was I was seeing stuff that was was years out from, you know, some stuff wasn't even announced yet and it was it was an experience that like, you know, the idea of doing that when I was 19 it just like it it was the holy grail of just like I want to know about stuff before people know about stuff. And that still happens these days. Um but a- a- after you're doing it for so long, it's the the thing that there was there was very sobering moments of 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 the of attending those events and just like and meeting these developers and and I don't know why you know I I put them on a pedestal but it's just, they're just people you know like I met these people and and they're super excited about their game but like they're still just people at the end of the day and it 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 didn't remove the luster for it for me but like I became like like you said like. I wasn't really into the games as much as I was just like, I, I want to know about you. Like, tell me what it's like to make this game. I am not a creative person in the slightest. Like I cannot create anything in terms of like art, in terms of, of programming. Like that's just not me. I'm just not good at those things. But what I am good at is picking people's brains and, and trying to get information out of them in, in a way that is compelling in terms of making it interesting. And that's the part that I really fell in love with. But unfortunately most people don't care about that. Um, and that's, that's the sad truth is that I would try to focus on stuff. Like I remember doing like a deep dive at a PAX one time on unreal engine with, with a developer. And, um, and there was actually a new engine at the time called Trinity from, um, was it Nvidia? I don't remember who made, I don't remember who made Trinity. Um, but so it was an engine that never really took off. Um, Raven's cry was actually the game. If you've ever played Raven's cry, I'm sorry. But it was one of the first games to use it. I remember doing like a deep dive with this developer and like I worked super hard on it and just nothing. Nobody cared about this. It was one of the worst performing things on on the site at the time. And I was like, it was just very defeating and just like 
Like this is the stuff that I really care about and I don't get to, no one else seems to care. And it, and I could keep doing it. But like you said, at that time, like it was literally my full-time job and I was, I was making, if I was lucky, like $15,000 for the year. And that was on top of putting everything else into it. Um, you know, like, so I was, you know, health wise, I was not great monetarily wise. I wasn't saving a dime. I was going in, I wasn't going into debt, but I was pretty, pretty close to going into debt. Um, and yeah. So why am I rambling on? That was just for me to say like, yeah, like it's, if, if I could podcast and still talk to developers and make a real wage and and be happy with where I'll be at the end of my life, um, I would do it. But unfortunately reality has set in and, and unless you're a YouTuber and doing the, the thumbnails with the catchy title and all that, like you're just, you're realistically not going to make a ton of money and that's fine. And I don't nothing against those people that do that, but that's not how I want to consume gaming content. And that's not how I want to experience it. Um, so the content that I would make would be more akin to uh, talking about developers and doing deep dives. And I don't, I just don't think there's an audience out there that, that cares enough. So I, unfortunately I just don't do it. Um, so that's how I landed on this. And I think you and I, we, we both have a passion for the industry in 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 a way um, that is hard to communicate, and so just a an average gaming like everyone's got their own gaming podcast, and I think that you know when we would talk, we would go into it and and we would go into it with a good spirit and and try to stand above the rest. But unless you've got you know a major publisher or something behind you to really help push your 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 podcast, you're not really going to do anything. Um, yeah, you're not, you're not going to get your thousands of views and that's just, that's just what it is. Um, and so I think we landed on this show specifically just because it's different and it's, it's also challenging us in many ways of, of looking for games and, and trying to find the good, trying to find the bad, but, at, and, but it's also fun. Um, game passes is something that when it first came out, I said, this is going to change the industry. People thought I was crazy, uh, but jokes on them. So I think that's kind of how we landed here, but yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I, I just want to build off of that that last point. Um, it doesn't the 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 most fun I had again was just talking to like like you said talking to these developers and the and, the, and these game makers and who are on a indie level, a smaller level, or even a larger level like 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 Matt Schaefer. But the issue is like. If you're not, if you're not, if you're not IGN, it just doesn't pick up the traction. Because, because, right. to your point, I remember getting. I'm going to butcher his last name because he's French, but we got a Guillermo Provolo or something. The, the guy who made We Happy Few. Um, before that, he made another game. I think it was called Carolina something. And we got him for that game, and it was a, it was, it was a, it was a super cute little indie game and it was right before he turned big and uh and, and he and he got that and he got the publisher for got publishing with like i believe it was 2k who published that game and i remember like having just a really good conversation with him it was him me Corey, uh the other Corey. i'm not, I'm not sure if you were there but uh and it just i just remember it was like it just wasn't i thought it was like a really good interview like we always have really good interviews but it just wasn't picking up the traction like you said and, and it's simply because it's not the it's not the 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 dev or the or the lead dev from call of duty 
this is just someone completely different and who on a small scale and just and people just weren't picking it up but i think if i could say anything to like the the the, the gamers out there who play in these games i would say don't follow the publisher don't follow the company don't worry about what bethesda's doing don't worry about what rare who rare is even at this point follow the follow the developers because those like those specific people they're the ones that create those unique experiences that you fall in love with they leave they up and leave and go at a whim unfortunately due to the way this business is made and handled and the company remains so that's why you have issues like people playing back for blood or evolve and wondering what the heck happened to turtle rock what the heck happened to uh the left for dead team when you look at that team like a lot of those people were valve employees you know it's like not a whole lot of them were turtle rock employees so if you follow the right people which is what you should do it's like it's like watching it's like watching a movie you're not going to watch a movie because sony pictures produced it going to watch it because a certain actor signed on to it. You're going to watch it because a certain writer is attached to it. You're going to watch it because a certain director directed it. I would say do that more often, as often as you can, and support the developers on that level because that's where it, that's, that, that's where to me it truly matters. Buying a Ubisoft game because it's Ubisoft doesn't mean anything anymore at this point. Unfortunately, we are past the times of the Super Nintendos and the Genesis where if Sega's name, if Sega's name is on it, you know it's going to be quality. That's, that's not where we're at anymore. Uh, you got to def- definitely follow your favorite creator at this point. And, and it's it, it's gotten easier to do that, luckily, with the internet, but it's also becoming more difficult because of you've got the mega IPs and, you, and you've got the Fortnite and you've got the Halo. Like, it's really hard when the most popular games are made by very large studios that a lot of them are contract workers and stuff. And and this isn't like a plea of just like, Oh, like the industry is bad. Like I'm not trying to be Jason Schreier and, and spin everything to be negative, but like, you know, if, if you can, you know, reach out to a developer and just say, Hey, like, I know you worked on this game. Like it, it's really cool. I really enjoyed it. You know, that's really what they do it for. They they just want to make, make some fun games. Um, And, and sometimes it's really hard to remember that when you're, when the news me- and the media cycle is dominated by sales and dominated by um, announcements and IPs. And it's like, you know, Battlefield 2042 is on fire and a disaster. And I'm guilty of it too. Of like, anytime that that pops up, I love reading it because it's just, it's hilarious to see what EA has done to this franchise. And, but at the same time, it's also, it, it's, I don't want to say I enjoy it because that, that's not the, that, that is not what I want to say because that it makes it sound like I'm like enjoying other people's suffering, but it's, it's a it's the exact lesson that you just talked about. It's like people think of Battlefield as the game as if it's the same people making it every time, but that's not true. A majority of dice left. A lot of people don't know that. Like when uh Patrick Sutherland left, he took a lot of people from dice with him. Um and they're making they've got a, they've got a new studio and they're making a lot of tech and stuff like that. They're making that Arc Raiders game um that was shown off at the at the uh the game awards and it's like uh the Callisto protocol which is coming in from the PUBG universe was made by the original Dead Space guy you know like those are th- that's the kind of stuff that I wish more people would kind of pay attention to because uh, in in some ways 
it's it's unfair that a lot of people work on these games and a lot of uh, and people don't realize um what do I want to say like those people deserve credit but a lot of times with like with a lot of creative processes it's really only a couple people's ideas that are built upon and those those developers help bring those ideas to life and they should be commended for that but the the leader is really what's important here you know the, those those couple people that really have those ideas and and can go and can, and can run with them it's kind of like bioshock with ken levine like if bioshock would not exist without ken levine and all those people that helped him work on it are extremely important but you really do have to follow the creators to to kind of understand the creative process of of, of gaming so but yeah um there you go <laughs> there you go that's that's a little bit more insight into us um, and, and why we sort of do this, where we come from, um, how long we've been podcasting. I, I was just thinking about this. It's like, we've actually been podcasting together for like five years, six years now. Has it really been that long? Uh, yes. It's been longer than five years for sure. It's like, I mean, the, pan, the, the pandemic has been going on for like what, two or three. Yeah. About so, a year and a half. Yeah. So like, I'm trying to remember like, like the, like, cause you were on my podcast first. Is that true? I believe. And then I came over for for the love of. Yeah, I'm trying to because I'm trying to remember if if we started podcasting before or after the the PS4 and the the 360 generation or the PS PS4 Xbox One. Um, that's another thing. Like I, I guess I, I have met a lot of people that I still talk to um, from podcasting. Like I I was. Talked to no the no quarters crew paranerds back in the day. Those are some people that I still talk to. Um, there was the the TVGP like so that that's another thing that that's led to some some good friendships. But I'm just trying to like that that's it's been at least I mean it's it's been a minimum of over five years, but it might be close to like nine eight or nine years, no, and that's nuts. No, that makes that makes more sense to me because because again you were on my podcast, and that was well over five six years ago. Oh. Yeah, so it's probably like seven or eight years. That's nuts. That is nuts. I I can't. I don't, I have no words for that. That's crazy. Absolutely nuts. Uh, and um, and if, if if I could say one last thing, I guess is 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 going to be if people listening, if you have, this is the time and the to do things like anything you want to do on the side anything you want to do to get you know, that creative juice out there like do it because it's never been easier like like you said earlier in the podcast we started when it was easier to do a podcast and put it out there but it was still work it took it took work it still like work it, it, it took yeah and it it actually getting it off the ground and like stuff like updating episodes and making sure that it was seen in the right places and, making fees sure, and stuff like, oh, like feed burner and you know like seo optimization and, iTunes and, like, and emailing people to do it like that was like right. absolutely out of control now one button three minutes you guys have your episodes up like whatever yeah, you guys want to do do it like and, and, I, and i suggest and i highly suggest sitting down with some people or reaching out to people online like like the people you game with every night like sit down with them and be like what do you what do you want to do what do you want to do and, and, and try to figure out a cool little lane or twist on the the, the medium that you want to do something in like um like for a long time uh 
friends were asking me to do another gaming podcast. And I'm just like, I don't want to do something where I can sit down and do the news and then talk about what we played all day. Whereas, like, when you came to me, it's like, let's do a podcast, but we only play Game Pass games. I'm like, that's, that is a cool enough uh, turn that I, that, 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 that I want to jump in on. Like, it, it, it's relevant and, and it's going to be relevant from the looks of it. And, and, and it's, it's a nice little way to look at the industry where it's like, I feel like everyone listening and everyone not listening has a unique perspective that they can get out there. I highly suggest you guys do it at this point in time, especially. Yeah. And, and one thing I'll say on that is um, I agree entirely, but also it's very easy to get discouraged. Um, we, the audience for this show, like the consistent audience is like three, 400 people. Um, and not all those people listen to every episode. So like we really only have about a hundred to 200 people that listen to every episode. Um, it's very easy to look at that and get, get discouraged and just be like, no one cares. But like someone put it into perspective to me for a long time ago. It's like, if you were in a room talking to two or three people, you wouldn't feel like you're, like you're really making a difference, right? Like you're not, you're not really talking to anybody. But if you were talking to 200 people standing in front of you, like that's, that's 200 people that are listening to you and they want to hear what you have to say. Like, that's crazy. Like that, that's, that is absolutely nuts when you think about it. Yeah. Like, and and again, it's very easy to get discouraged. Uh, You know, you, you, you see podcasts, it's like, oh, a million downloads an episode and you go on YouTube and this person's got a hundred million subscribers and, and, you know, or a hundred, not a hundred million, a hundred thousand subscribers. And it's like, what? like I'm getting uh, 10 people look at my videos again. It, you have to do it and you have to do it. Cause you love it. If we could do more, we, we could totally do more and get more people listening to this hundred percent. We could, we could be selling it. We could be marketing it. I've done all that. Like I had to sell a podcast and t- to get to having 10,000 people a week listening was not easy it took years and years and years and at the end of the day the people that really cared that listened to every episode are the people that were those were the people that were writing in the people that you go to the trade shows and and you sell your butt off and and you you hand out all these flyers the people that listened that way one out of a hundred of those people really cared a lot of people they just add it to their feed and they move on with their life you know like those people are important, but at the same, the people that really care are the ones that are seeking it out. They're going to find it and they're going to listen to it. And those are the people that you want to listen to. So, or those are the people that you want listening. So like I said, I just want to say, you know, don't get discouraged just because you, 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 you don't get anyone listening for a couple months or you only get 10 people listening. Like who knows what's going to happen. Absolutely. One episode might blow up. 100%. Like you, you just don't know. You got to do it because you enjoy it. So, uh, there you go. In uh, if you can, if you can give the gamers, the listeners, lastly, one recommendation for a game that you think they must play that they never played before, the majority speaking, what would it be? One game. Um, man, that is tough. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say Bait and Kados. Um. I am someone who I have always been fascinated by card games like Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Magic, stuff like that. 
that those games to me were always just very cool and intriguing but all part of it was probably the collecting aspect and i i love the different artwork and all that stuff and spellcasters etc cetera, etc cetera. um and so when i saw this game it was very similar to lost kingdoms like lost kingdom was a game that i really liked too it's where you took these cards and you used them in battle they both did their own thing but Kate, bait and kato's took it to a next level like that's a full-on jrpg with this card system that is it's unique and it's very cool, but not only that, like it's, it's truly a, a very compelling story with a, with a very in-depth card game that even to this day, I'm still learning new things about. Um, and it got a sequel or technically a prequel with Bait and Kato's Origins that I don't think is quite as good as the original, but it's still worth playing. And it's, to me, it's just like, if they were to do that nowadays with more people playing JRPGs, I genuinely think it would explode. And it, it's super upsetting to me that it didn't. Also, why was it only on the GameCube? How did that happen? There has to be like, some kind of exclusive thing going on back there because that that, yeah. that, that, that was when PlayStation would print anything. Like literally right. anything. So like, I'm surprised it wasn't on that system eventually. At the very least. It was a, I, both of them. GameCube exclusives. So what I'll say is that um, playing that game on native hardware, extremely expensive. Game is out of print, especially the Origins slash sequel slash prequel. I would, um, there are ways to play that game. I will just say seek them out. <laughs> but that that is what I would pick. What would you pick? Uh... Also, that, that game looks phenomenal still, Bait and Kato's, just so you know. I will go with... I will go with a game in a long franchise called Tales of Fantasia. Oh. It came out on a Super Nintendo, has some PlayStation releases, has some remasters, not re- re-releases. Does it also on. have... Did they have a random GameCube exclusive one too? I think they did. Up? Like they tried to, like, <laughs> and that's why I kind of want to. That's that's kind of why it came to mind too, because it's like they did. They really did try to put that game back out for people to play, and it is probably for for uh, RPG fans. It's it's a Tales of series, and it's probably, in my opinion, is better than the. I think fans would say Tales of Destiny is probably the best Tales of game. I would say Fantasia is at least a close second. And if you can find it anywhere, again, there are ways to play it. Figure out your best way to play it. Uh, But yeah, give that a shot. It's a very fun, very, very good classic JRPG. I find it weird we both pick JRPGs and we don't really play modern JRPGs. I mean, because they don't make them like they used to. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, you did. You did play that most recent one. I'm totally blanking on the name. Uh, I played the new, the newest tales. Oh, all the, the way through. Zisperia. Yeah. Start with the Z. No, it's not. I don't know, but it's not good. Gameplay wise, is 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 great. It's just the story is garbage. It's absolutely garbage. I think I think people actually like that game, so it's kind of surprising. Of course they do, because it's the only JRPG <laughs> oh. that's been made in like the past like yeah, five years. You got me there. So, all right, that's gonna do it. Um, if you want to email us about this episode, 
what what's the email address gpopfans at gmail.com you can also shoot us a text message or a voicemail 574-651-9256 to the person that sent us a text message we'll be talking about that on the next episode just this is a bonus episode Um, but also um, if you if you want us to recognize you uh, you got to leave us a name (laughs) didn't leave us a name uh, six five. Nope, that's their number five seven four six five one nine two five six. So, hope you enjoyed this little deep dive into us. Uh, next episode will be a more traditional episode on a game on Game Pass. But that's gonna do it for this episode. We will see you next time. Good day, sirs.